Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we're going to talk to Jamie Thomas. He's in Vegas, the Jets and Knights. Tuesday night, game one. We're also going to learn more about Valor FC season opening win and their Canadian Championship first round match with Philip DeSantos of Valor FC coming up on the podcast. Season got off to a fine start for Valor FC yesterday as they got a 2-0 win at York United as we're joined by the head coach and GM of Valor FC, Philip DeSantos. Phil, how does it feel a, a day later to get the season started with a W? It's good. It's great, uh, especially when you have a, a flight all the way across the country and uh, it, it's always good to uh, to do it with a, with a win. It was good to start, uh, to start with, with that first win right away. So how would you describe yesterday's game from your club's perspective? I think it was uh, we played a, a professional game. I think that the guys uh, came in well into the game. Um, of course, there's a lot of nerves. There's, uh, they're anxious to, to get going. And there's a lot of things that, that probably crosses their mind at that moment. And you just want to start connecting um, with your teammates well, start to put good passes together, try, uh, try to progress well on the field and, and build as the game comes comes or, or, or goes along. So uh, I think that we got in the game well, and that was important for, for us to sustain um, the performance throughout the game. The guys were, were good. They were uh, very, very disciplined defensively. They worked together. And when you get a lot of new guys um, in, in the team, you're, you're, you don't, really question their footballing ability but how quick can they can they come together and how quick can they, they could they work for each other and uh and commit to each other and yesterday i think we we got a great response from the team now i i said it yesterday we we have to relax it's just one game and this is going to be a marathon so we we need to be able to to be consistent um and and keep pushing this is going to be a long one but there you are. At least for one day, you're in first place in the standings. So that's well, nice. Yeah. Uh, at least for one day. You're, no, no, for a week. For yeah. a week. That's right. Yeah, because you, your goal differential has you ahead of Pacific. You two are the only two that won this week. There were a couple draws as well. When you get a, you know, this, you're you're tied at zero at the half. You come out in the second half. You get to an own goal, and then you score again three minutes later. How does that just change everything coming out of the half when you get two goals in such quick succession? Yeah, I felt we had been the best team in the first half. We we created some good half chances, and um, and then we we got into the second half, and uh, we knew it was it was about uh, being a little bit more pragmatic in the final third, uh, having a bit more clarity and quality, and. That's the message that we pass the guys, and and it's always good to get an early goal because a lot of when you're you're the best team and the goal is not coming, um, there's a weight that could carry. So it was good to get that first goal, and I think that after the first goal, if we had gone three zero up at that point in time, nobody would have been uh, outraged. So I felt that we we were good from the the start of the second half. The team showed a lot of personality. And then, of course, when you, you get that second goal, um, you know you're going to suffer. You're playing against a good team that's, that also has good arguments. So, um, so I think that after that was a lot of... It was, it, it was sustaining a bit of pressure and, 
um, and, and making sure that we wouldn't concede that first goal because that could be a, a dangerous result. So Anthony Novak gets the one that you, you know, you, you actually scored. The first one is an own goal where the defender heads it in on a, on a dangerous cross, but a bit of a misplay there. Uh, yeah. What does it mean for a guy like Novak to score in his first game with you? Uh, I, I think a lot, a lot. I think that uh, a player that has scored in the league when you're a full year without playing and, and um, you don't get the chance and you're, you're second guessing yourself, you don't even know if you're going to be able to come back and play professional sports. Uh, there's a lot of things that go through your mind and Novak since day one arrived and he arrived on a mission. He works very hard. He's a great character in our locker room. Um, he's just very grateful to, to be able to, to have a team today and, 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 um, and for him to be rewarded with a, with a goal was, was great for him, but also for the team. And I think that um, it, it gives him the confidence that he, he could still score in this league. And I think that Novak overall, yes, there's the goal, but he had a very good, a very good game. The way he, he held the ball, he allowed us to, um, to use him in the link-up play. And uh, I think he could have scored one or two earlier. Um, so it shows that he's still he's still um, he's still that fox in the box. He, he finds those those dangerous positions, and looking forward to see what he's going to bring to the to the team going forward. So how do you now pivot for a match that's not a league game, a Canadian Championship game on Wednesday night against a team in BC? Yeah, it's a dangerous game, Christian. One, it's a knockout game, and and, and two, it's uh, you know that there's it's good to be confident, but there's a fine line between that confidence and coming into these games, and and because it's it's a, a team that's in a in a lower division, they're dangerous games. So there, those are games that I mark in red in my calendar as high risk games, and um, yeah, the mood is good. We we always said this year it's one game at a time, regardless of the competition. We have to step in to to win every game. So uh, I want to see it like that. It's it's one more game for us. It's the next one. That's the one we're thinking about. Um, and and our preparation is 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 the same. It's the same. We we have to focus a lot on us and what we do and what we need to do better, uh, because you you don't have much time to to prepare. Um, based on the opposition when you go from one game to the other this fast. So uh, we're focused on, on, on making sure that we find consistency in our game and that we, uh, we keep doing the little things that allowed us to come out of a good performance and, and still see progression in the team. The TSS FC Rovers, based out yeah. of Burnaby, British Columbia. Uh, do you have any experience with them in the past? No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. It's the first time I'm, I'm in uh, in uh, in the context where I'm playing a League One team. Um, I know I know they're gonna come with a, with a knife in between their teeth. They 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 have nothing to lose, and these are games that we need to be again extremely professional in our approach. Um, and that's the message that I have to pass our guys. I think that if we if we we do what we have to do, if we we show up. And and which it's what I expect. Um, I think that we have we have to we have to get out of this game uh, and be in the next round of the Canadian Championship. 
Do you like the fact that your first week of the season is so busy with a match yesterday? You got tomorrow, or, uh, Wednesday in BC, and then you've got a game back home, your home opener against Ottawa on Saturday. It's a lot going on right away. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I think it's, uh, you know, normally you like to build up the guys when it comes to load. Um, I think that you go from very little competition to right away uh, three games that are high demand games with travel in between. Um, I, I, you know, thankfully we were very confident and we like the depth that the team has this year. Um, and this is something that I, I, we need to manage as a staff. Uh, but I think that it, it's not, it's not good for, look, it's not good for, uh, for no one. And I, uh, but, but it's the schedule and we have to face it. And this is something that, uh, we, we're all in the same position. We're all in the same position, every CPL team. So Ottawa's going to come and play us in, in Winnipeg after also a cup game. So we just have to deal with it. Now, some might be wondering, why is the team from a lower league hosting this match? It was just a draw, right? It's a draw, but there's, uh, there, there's, also, um, there's also a request you 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 request to be a potential candidate to be a host team, um, and I think it's also for 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 promotion promotion of their own club and in in their market. Uh, I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, I know the stadium. It's um, it's a it's a good grass uh, field. It's the 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 older stadium of uh, of the Vancouver Whitecaps. So it's a good facility. Uh, it, it, it's very. It's been raining a lot here. Um, the temperature is 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 not great. It, it's it's low, um, but I think that we again it's going to be for both teams. Um, so I don't know how the grass is going to be, uh, but but I think that uh, again that this needs to be a game that if we approach um, the way we need to approach every game, we we need to come out of it, and and every factor needs needs to be dealt with. Well, Phil, appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this and best of luck on Wednesday night. Thank you very much, Christian. And the Winnipeg Jets, who are tomorrow night in the Sin City. The city that never sleeps. Other things that Vegas is called. And Jamie Thomas is there, our Jets radio analyst, who joins us now. Uh, Jamie, you heard that weather forecast. What's it like in Vegas right now? <laughs> uh, it's like windy. It's like an annoying, uh, high-paced wind. If you want to be honest, um, outside of that, it was like thirty degrees and sunny today. So it was <laughs> it was nice. Yeah, yeah. Stiff breeze though, coming in from whatever direction it is right now. Uh, it's so, tough. It. Tough. The only complaint I have. Only complaint I have, buddy. Wind chill. It's thirty. Feels like twenty. Six. Uh, yeah, exactly. Poor thing. Is, is there such a with until in Vegas? No, I don't think so. I don't think yeah. they understand the concept. But what they do no. understand is is electric playoff hockey because we've seen that in that building since mm-hmm. the, this team became a thing just five years ago. Yeah. They they played the Jets in a memorable five game series. Uh, do you, what are your memories, first of all, of that series five years ago? Were you working for the Jets by then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my first year actually. So I thought though this was gonna. This would be a thing. They would go to the Stanley Cup playoffs and dominate every year, like they did in seventeen, eighteen. So, um, the thing I do remember is after Game One, and Paul Edmonds and I were talking about this. Like Paul thought they were going to the Stanley Cup Finals, and I thought, my gosh, 
because it was a pretty easy win for the Jets in game one. Um, scored it right away. And then I also remember, like, as the series wore along, anytime Winnipeg would score a goal, Vegas would score like one, two minutes later and just take back the momentum all the time. And uh, Marc-Andre Fleury was outstanding. You know, like he was the better goaltender in that series. And um, they went on to win and went on to the Stanley Cup final, of course. But, uh, you know, it was it was fascinating to come down here and, you know, cover the, cover the Jets and the Vegas' first foray into the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then, of course, they go to the Stanley Cup final. But it was, um, it was it's amazing, you know, after the emotions of that Nashville series, I think it took a lot of the Jets going seven games. And you just wonder if they would have just finished things off in Winnipeg after game six. If things would have been a little bit different, they've been a little less, had a little more energy for the Vegas Golden Knights in the, in the, in the next series, but uh, that's that was not to be. And I I don't think that that series means anything uh, going no. into tomorrow night because so many, no. I mean, Vegas, they change their whole roster every year, but for the Winnipeg mm-hmm. Jets, there are players that remain like Hellebuck, Connor, Ehlers, yeah. Shifley, Lowry, Wheeler, uh, Morrissey, but it's, so many of those players were, were pretty young then, and, and Wheeler's not mm-hmm. the same player as he was then. So we ask about 2018 because we have to, but it's a th- yeah. it's it's history, and we talk about history in sports, but it really bears nothing on this series, right? No, I, I don't. I can't, I can't see it has. I mean, it's 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 something that's important to Jets fans. Obviously, you would love to have revenge for 2018. Um, you know, organizationally, you're probably a little bit bitter about that as well, but I just... I just don't see the players players put things behind them so quickly that I don't imagine like 2018 would even face them. And I remember Connor Hellebuck saying the other day that he's more focused on his next goal, winning a Stanley cup run instead of worried about what happened in 2018. And, you know, I, I've just seen, you've seen it. I've seen it, how quickly it is get over stuff. Like they look past things and there's great moments. Yeah. You look and look back upon, I'm sure they just really want to get this series started and start talking about this one right now being the, and how well they're playing going into this series rather than what happened in, in, in five years ago. So looking at the matchup, it, I think mm. from what I've heard from and what I've read, most people view this as a pretty even series, a coin flip, in fact. How do you view it? I, I think so. Like Obviously, the, the edge is in goal, and, and that's no disrespect to what Vegas has. It's just not this. Lauren Brassois was a fantastic backup here for many years. Um, great teammate, great guy to deal with, but Connor Hellebuck is that has that edge. Vegas has a little bit more offensive flair on their back end. Alex Petrangelo, Shea Theodore, you know, pretty good offensive defenseman. Um, and then up front, I just think the Jets have the edge and, and the uh, offensive side of things. And I know, you know, Jack Eichel's first playoffs, Mark Stone, who knows what version we're getting of him. Like, uh, like the, obviously we've got the Nikita Kucherov thing going on here, maybe. A little bit, he'll be back, and he was he was so big against the Jets in the earlier part of the year in the three games of the regular season series. Uh, it, it's pretty even, buddy. Like the like the, both teams are struggling to score on the power play. Both teams have decent. Well, the Jets have a fantastic penalty kill, and then I just think where the edge is really stands out is where Winnipeg has and how they're generating offense. You know, even through the tough time they had there in March and. It really, you know, the, the damn burst and offensively they started churning. But, I, you know, it's what Vegas does is they take away the front of the net. It's hard to get there. But I always think of the two games against Nashville to close out the year, the one there in Nashville and one the last game in Winnipeg is just Rick Bonus challenging his team to get to the front of the net. Basically, you know, if you're not, you're going to take a punch, you're going to have to take, 
you know, give them back and just kind of that challenge to get to how hard it is to get to the front of the net, get that second look. Well, the Jets did that. They answered the bell on that one, and I feel like that they have that kind of blueprint. To, it's going to be tough to get there, but you realize what happens when you do get to the front of the net, and that's where you're going to get some goals in the, in the series. And uh, I think, you know, it's fairly even for the most part, but uh, and I also think it's going to be a heck of a series, but I, I really like the Jets' chances because of the guy in goal. Season series goes to Vegas. O two and one. The mm-hmm. Jets were the game. One was over in fifteen minutes. Uh, game yeah. two was all Vegas. Hellebuck nearly stole it. Jack Eichel a great overtime goal. And then the third game was chaos with with Vegas winning six five in Winnipeg. They they get mm-hmm. a, a late Jonathan Marchessault so power play goal to go up five four. Uh, and then they seal it with an empty netter. Mark Scheifele gets a goal with three seconds left to make it six five. What's your biggest takeaway from the season series and how that might apply for this one? Well, the two games in Vegas, the first game was the second game of back-to-back. And then the second time they played the Golden Knights, there was their third game and four nights of a, of, of a road trip out here. Um, you know, they, you're right. Connor Ellibuck stole the show in that game. And then I just remember Josh Morrissey and Mark Scythe couldn't get off the ice in overtime. And Jack Eichel makes the change. He's fresh and you, you know the result there. And then it just, you know, a couple power play goals in the third period the Jets you know, had a chance to win that hockey game. So it's just, it's so, it's so far back, but that, you know, it's, it's hard to, yes, it's, it's a part of the season series. Yes. It's a part of the conversation, but I feel like both teams are so different now. And, you know, Vegas was running well with Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill as their one, two punching goal. And they were playing very well. And you know, Alex Petrangelo had to leave the team for a little bit for personal reasons. Um, Phil Kessel's where you know became the all-time leader in games played. So I, I think a lot of things have changed for these two teams. And I, the fact that Winnipeg had to fight and claw to get here and understood what it has, what it takes to play and to win now at this time of year, I think changes a whole bunch of things. Winnipeg was playing fantastic at the early part of the year. There's no question about that. But the fact that they had to struggle to get through this, fight through a very tough time, lots of questions about the organization, lots of questions about the players in the dressing room. Well, they just did what had to be done. They won the games they had to. Um, and are in a very good place right now, I think, emotionally and physically as they, they open the series against Vegas. Did you see Laurent Brassois being this good for Vegas? I, I, listen, he played great, and there's no, there's no doubt about it, and he's very confident right now. And it's you know, a big part of his issues is health. He hadn't been able to stay healthy. So now that he's 100%, 100% back to it, I have that confidence and this opportunity to be the number one goaltender, you know, maybe he, does he have a game – an opportunity or the skills to steal a game for Vegas. I believe so. Yes. But I don't think he'll be the, he's going to, he's not going to be the X factor in this series. In my opinion, you know, Vegas's you know, ability to their transition game, the way they're defending right now, um, you know, the, the, that, that plays a bigger role in this too. We're, and Mark Stone's health flat out and how Jack Eichel handles his first Stanley cup playoff foray. Those are the things to me that are the big keys for Vegas rather than Lauren Bressois. But, uh, you know, I'm happy for him. He's a great guy. Um, but I don't see – I see him stealing maybe one game in this series, but I don't think he's going to be the factor that, that Vegas goes on to win it. For Winnipeg to win this series, and a lot of people mm-hmm. think it's going to be a long one, yeah. a, a split seems like a, a mandatory requirement, does it not, in these first two games? Yeah, we're, listen. You and I are not sitting there saying they're, they come home down two nothing and the series over. That's not well, you know. And then you're playing into the emotion of what happens when you get back on home ice and the whiteout and all that stuff like that. And first, you know, the Jets haven't played a playoff game with fans in the building uh, since 2019. So 
there's that that's that's a big uh, factor in there as well so um but it would be great to come out of here with a split and it's it's all going to be about how they come out like they were very tentative the first two games here here um and that that got them into trouble clearly so i think they learned a lot a from that game in in minnesota when they're trying to clinch they were very nervous they couldn't make a pass you know they had a bunch of icing calls to 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 start things off against the wild but then went on to win a huge game they're going to have to make sure they get on Vegas early here. You just don't, you know, it's the obvious thing. You just don't want the Vegas crowd to get in there. It's a big building and there's a lot of fans in it. They're, they're ready for the playoffs as well after missing last year too. So I just see getting on Vegas early as a being a big part of this and, um, and we're getting ready to grind and to pay the price to score goals. And I think that with the four lines that they have and how well those four lines have been playing when everybody's healthy is or some or at least on the ice uh, will be a big bonus to, to coming home with at least uh, one win. How excited are you to call a playoff game with fans in the stands? Yeah, yeah, that's like you're. I remember when we went to Montreal for Game One of the second round series uh, in the you know whatever in the COVID years. Game three. Uh, game three, yes, and it just it was even emotional with thirty five hundred people being in there. Right, it's just like we've been calling games from uh, you know Canada Life Center with nobody, fifty people there, and. Uh, it just it was just nice to have that but this is this is a great for me this is as exciting as it gets because it's just like this is the first time i have to call a playoff game with people i've been in tons of playoff games but to call it is another story and an opportunity to come home with and for games three and four with the white on the sold out building uh, i think this is clearly a dream come true for me and uh you know i got one of the best guys ever working beside me so it's a great opportunity for him too so because you know, Paul worked for TSN and he moved over when Dennis Bayak would take over in the playoffs. So this is going to be a great opportunity. I'm more excited for Paul than I am for myself, but uh, it's it's going to be amazing. Well, appreciate you making time uh, to come on the show tonight. We'll talk to you on the pregame show tomorrow. All right, buddy. Look forward to it and have a great rest of your show. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect, which might explain the mystery.